When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, Browns fans? This is Kylie from Canton, Ohio. Let's kick this off. Welcome to the Dogs Podcast with your hosts, Blake Reniker, Zach Kopp, Justin Charles, and Josh All. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dogs uh, thank you, Kylie, for that awesome introduction. I think it holds a special place in Justin's heart. Uh, as always, we're looking for more fan intros. Head to thedogspodcast.com. Tap leave voicemail on the drop-down menu to get your intro on the show. Uh, today we have Barry Shuck from Dogs by Nature back on the show to break down some training camp news and his thoughts on some position battles. Before we get to that, remember to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Uh, you know, just a couple young men on the TikTok game. And if you're a Browns fan, jump on there and defend us a little bit. The Ravens fans are always coming at us on there. Uh, <laughs> also, please remember to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, remember to tap that notification bell so you never miss a new episode. As some of you know, we've recently created a Patreon page that you can join by heading to jointhedogs.com. We put extra episodes up there as well as articles. Uh, Our regular episodes go up early. Um, Sometimes I just hop on and make a post and say like what I'm thinking that day. Uh, We just try to interact with people uh, as much as we can. Um, We get a lot of fun interaction with everyone. It feels like a Funds Brown community is kind of coming together already. Uh, One member suggested we do a Patreon members fantasy football league. We love the idea, so we're going to roll with it. Uh, If you're interested in playing some fantasy football with all of us, join the Patreon and let's let's have some fun. The league or the leagues, depending on how many people we get, will be free to play. And the winner of the leagues will receive receive some free dogs merch. If one of us happens to win the league, then we'll just give the merch to the Patreon member that finished highest up in the league. Win one of us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is going to (laughs) happen. Very confident. Uh, (laughs) So... You know, we really think this could be a lot of fun, become a yearly thing. Uh, the, the Patreon's super fun because it's just kind of like a group of Browns fans hanging out in a space. And it doesn't matter where you're at, if you're in California, Ohio, we can just all hang out and talk every day. Um, it's pretty fun. So head to the jointhedogs.com, become a Patreon member, and get ready to lose to me in fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So please uh, do that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, so as I mentioned, we have Barry uh, Shuck from DogsByNature.com on here with us again today. Uh, it's been a little bit. How you how you been, Barry? Hey, I've been real good. This is an exciting time for the Browns and teams like the Cowboys. So the Browns are going to are, are being uh, supposed to make the playoffs and maybe make a Super Bowl r- uh, run. And of course, the Cowboys are already penciled into the Super Bowl and will finish eight and eight. <laughs> and win the division. Yeah. I think yeah. eight and eight's I don't know. I'm not a McCarthy fan, so we'll see. Eight and eight could be a good year for them. Uh so we'll just dive we got we got some questions here. We'll just dive right into it uh, after I fix sure. my screen. Uh so this first one here it has to do with our linebacking crew. Do you think we're gonna keep five linebackers again? And if so, which five do you think make the roster? Well, let's look at last year's rosters for uh, for game one because the the entire coaching staff is the same, and defensive coordinator Joe Woods is still installed. So let's see what they did last year. Um, when Joe Woods started last year, he was said to be a four three guy. B.J. Goodson was lined up as the middle linebacker, backed up by the the rookie Jacob uh, Phillips. And then journeyman Tay Davis, who's kind of uh, been gone from team to team. Mac Wilson played the weak side backer while his backup Willie Harvey and undrafted free agent rookie Solomon Ajay. 
And then the strong side features Sion Tacky Tacky with Jermaine Grace and Trayvon Young as his backups. Uh, Montreal Meander was signed to the practice squad. So at the start of last year, that was 10 guys on opening day with nine on the active roster. Now, later, Jermaine Grace was assigned to the practice squad while Trayvon Young went to IR and Solomon Ojai was later cut. But that still left six guys and then the team signed Malcolm Smith. So seven was their magic number for this group. Now, until October, they claimed Elijah Lee off waivers, which made eight linebackers they finished the year with. But the 4-3 ultimately became the 4-2-5 for 67% of plays. And for 9% of plays, the 4-1-6. So how many linebackers do you really need? That's kind of what we've been saying, I think, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I see. Obviously, I see Walker. I see JOK as a, a safety linebacker hybrid. I see Phillips. I'm I'm gonna say uh, Taki Taki's still gonna be around. Um, the new guy we just drafted what was it Fields? Fields? Yep. Yep. And then I don't I don't know Mac Wilson. I think Mac Wilson's got an uphill battle to make this team unless he really shows us something in camp. I don't think he makes a team. I think he gets cut. What do you think about that, Barry? You think you think Mac Wilson's kind of the odd guy out? Well, this unit had quite a few returning players this year with Malcolm Smith, Mac Wilson. Uh, Taki Taki, Jacob Phillips, and Elijah Lee. That's quite a few for one group. For now, the Browns officially are not listing a depth chart until they get knee-deep into training camp. But but let's look at some projections. If we start with the 3-4, the mic is going to be Anthony Walker. I think he'll be backed up, and this is just a depth chart, I think he'll be backed up by Mac Wilson and, like you said, the rookie Tony Fields. The will linebacker will be, I think, is going to be Jacob Phillips. I think he's ready for that. He's had a year of seasoning. I think JOK will be his number one backup. And then Elijah Lee is the third. And then the Sam uh, linebacker, I'm going to put Taki Taki in there. I think he's earned that spot with Malcolm Smith. And, and they're listing Curtis Weaver as playing a – defensive end, but also playing a linebacker, that could be his backup. Um, wouldn't y'all think that the big question with this group is how many do they keep? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because yeah. um, I, I see us going heavy in the DB department, keeping a lot of defensive backs, especially with the kind of scheme that Joe Woods wants to play. I don't, I don't know if there's room for seven or eight linebackers on this roster. Yeah, let's, let's just say seven. Let's do Walker, Phillips, and Tacky Tacky as the as starters. Malcolm Smith was second on the team last year in tackles, so he and JOK are, left, are locks. Well, that's five. The Browns are a club that puts a lot of emphasis on special teams, and Elijah Lee led the, uh, the team last year in special team tackles. So let's make him that sixth linebacker. So to me, it comes down to the fifth down – a fifth-round rookie, Tony Fields, and the veteran Mac Wilson, to me, with Wilson being the odd man out. It's kind of what we've been saying all – and it, it hurts me to say that because Mac Wilson is a person. I love the way he's bought into Cleveland, and I love his – his mentality, he just struggled so much last year. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Yeah, Mac Wilson was one of the guys we were like – waiting for him to come back last year to get on the field to kind of help us at that position and didn't go the way, you know, the Browns fan hoped he would go into that uh, following the 2019 year. So many missed tackles. I mean, it, it was absolutely, it was crazy. Absolutely. The, 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 the top three tacklers last year were BJ Goodson, Malcolm Smith, and then Tacky Tacky. And of course, Goodson's gone. So you got to keep the two top tacklers from last year. For sure, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out once we get into camp. Yeah, so uh, next uh, question here for you, Barry, has to do with Grant Delpit. You know, we're around, you know, 11 months removed from his injury last year uh, in late August at the uh, during training camp where he uh, tore his Achilles. Uh, 
Will he be ready, uh, you know, to go full go start of camp? Um, are we looking at, you know, is he going to be ready start of the season? And then what kind of immediate impact do you think he'll he'll play for the Browns this season? Well, the good news is that an Achilles injury is an injury that an athlete can come back fully. It's not uh, like something in the knee or the back or the neck. So he'll be compl- he's completely healthy. He's completely ready. He's already penciled in as the starter opposite John Johnson. However, you, you're going to see the four-two-five quite a bit with Ronnie Harrison at the fifth defensive back if that is not another cornerback on the field. I think either Harrison or Delpit could possibly become that second linebacker in the 4-2 with teams that feature the short passing game quite a bit, especially to tight ends. Both these dudes are great against tight ends, especially Delpit. You know, he's 6'2", 213 pounds, and has that long reach. Now, Ronnie Harrison will play quite a bit and is expected to fill a a key role and may play like a starter in the 4-2-5, but it'll be Delpit who will initially be expected to become that impact uh, player in center field. Yeah, no, I think I completely agree. And I think that Ronnie Harrison, you know, he was big for Cleveland last year, you know, when we were able to get him in, uh, get him going, get him on the field. He always stood out. You know, our defense obviously was very lackluster, and he was one of the bright spots. Um, So glad, you know, that we're still going to be able to find a way to get him on the field. But also, you know, I think all of us here are excited to see, you know, is Grant Delpit what he was supposed to be um, with all the hype that when we drafted him. Absolutely. I love Ronnie Harrison. He's going to play quite a bit, but he's a tenacious hitter. He doesn't miss many tackles. He seems to always be in the right spot at the right time. Um, And he's a young guy, too. But you think about it, we've got John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, and Grant Delpit, and if they're all playing up to expectations, what better trio is going to be in the league but these? Right. I completely agree. that The defensive backs that we're going to be bringing onto the team this year, it's so night and day compared to last year. If all yeah. these guys are healthy, I mean, you're talking just in that secondary too. You got, you know, Delpit's a playmaker. Troy Hill's a playmaker. John Johnson's. I mean, we got playmakers now in that secondary greedy. If he can come back, he was a playmaker in college. So, I mean, Joe Woods has some pieces to play with this year. Absolutely. Uh, all the above. All right, Barry. So, um, a lot of Browns fans are excited for OBJ, myself included. So do you expect him to start week one? What um, is your opinion or view of OBJ? Um, and do you think that we'll see first half of the year Baker Mayfield or that, you know, more loose, open-minded, uh, you know, who he can throw to Baker Mayfield from the second half? And, uh, you know, why do you think that, you know, the OBJ um, experience hasn't paid off? Well, I honestly think that OBJ this year will be like a woman who has just got uh, divorced from her man. Wow. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, what do I mean by that? Well, when a guy, when a guy splits up with his girl, he, he drinks too much and he hangs out more with his friends. He goes to clubs and other outdoor venues and plays a lot more video games. Whereas a woman will break up from her man. She'll lose 10 pounds. She'll buy new shoes and clothes. She'll do her hair differently. And when her former beau sees her in public, he goes, damn. <laughs> <laughs> She's looking fine. <laughs> The thought process being, <laughs> look at what you gave up and look at me now. Mm-hmm. We all know that OBJ's time in Cleveland has regressed. He's, play, he's had uh, subpar years. He is no longer drafted in the first round of all fantasy leagues. Look at all his Instagram videos on his rehab and tell me you don't see a dude who is on a mission from God. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's, that's funny because before the show we were talking about the girls taking their Instagram photos from just the right angle with the right amount of makeup and the filters just so the Instagram account looks really good. So you're right. That is exactly what OBJ is doing. I mean, he's posting those videos on there to say, look, look at me, look how good I look right now. Yeah. 
Uh, what Browns fans must remember is that Cleveland is not a passing team. They want to cram the ball down your throat, and every single offensive lineman they have that are starters and backups are great run blockers, first and foremost. Jedrick Wills is a four-year starter in Alabama, was a run blocker on a team that pounded the ball. Why did Andrew Barry sign Jack Conklin? Because he blocked for Derrick Henry, and they ran folks over. Uh, while with the Giants, they ran some and threw some. The Browns run a lot and throw when only when they need to. And a lot of those throws are to tight end. So receivers on the Browns aren't going to get those catches like with other ball clubs. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, I do. 100%. So OBJ is, is in a fighting battle. He is in a position that he's not going to get the ball in an offense that, that chunks the ball quite a bit. So, of course, his numbers are going to be down. But now that he's had an, an injury, a serious injury, he's already come back three months earlier than he should have. That's usually a 12-month injury, and he's only been out nine months. I think he'll be ready opening day, and I think he's on a mission to prove that, yes, I'm still the darling of the league. Yes, I'm still what I used to be. And well, let's look at the hard numbers. In 2014, in his rookie year with the Giants, he caught 91 balls and was targeted 130 times. By his third season in New York, he had 101 receptions with 169 targets. Now, his first year in Cleveland, where he was relatively injury-free, just 77 receptions and 124 targets. And that is taken into account that Jarvis Landry is wanting the same amount of balls thrown his away as well. And he made the Pro Bowl in OBJ's first season in Cleveland. I think I, I kind of have a, a, an opinion on the OBJ thing not paying the expected dividends yet for Cleveland. I think if you look at it, his, his first year uh, in Cleveland, it was with a Freddie Kitchens-led offense. Across the, I mean, statistically, he had over a thousand yards. Jarvis had over a thousand yards. Nick Chubb rushed for over a thousand yards. So on paper, it looked like we had a good offense. But everybody who watched that team knew that we we were stale and stagnant. In we we only scored points and got yards because we had talent. There was no scheme involved. Um, nothing like what we have now with Stefanski. So he had to, he came in handicapped by a terrible offensive scheme by Freddie Kitchens. The next season. His before he gets injured, he's playing with a brand new coach, a quarterback who's in another new system. I don't all this talk about how Baker was better without Odell. I think it's less to do with Odell and more to do with the fact that Baker just was finally getting comfortable in the offense. Um, you know, his fourth offense he had to learn in three years. So I think I agree with I agree a hundred percent. So I think by seeing OB, I think this is gonna be the first time we see OBJ come into the Browns team healthy with a baker who's comfortable in a system and a coach who understands like how to use his players. So I'm looking for a big year out of OBJ. Maybe not 150 catches or whatever, but I'm thinking he's going to have a very solid, solid year. Yeah, and something you said a little bit ago, Barry, remind me of um, <clears throat> a topic I think we just mentioned maybe one of the last two episodes, but as far as OBJ in the run blocking game, what, how, how is he as far as run blocking, Barry, from your perspective? Oh, he's excellent. Okay. He's absolutely excellent. Now, he's not Jarvis Landry excellent. Jarvis with those crackback blocks, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's not Richard Higgins excellent, but he's, he's a good blocker. He knows how to sustain blocks. And what I mean by sustain is, is hold somebody's shoulders pads. And, <laughs> but that's yep. what you do in today's game. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked to some guys back in – I did an interview with uh, offensive guard Dan Fike, which will be coming out in August. And he told me that as long as you kept your elbows uh, tight to you, you could hold on to a guy's shoulder pads. But once you extend that arm, then it was automatic holding. He said, but today they get away with a lot of that. Well, that's every player holding on to everybody's shoulder mm -hmm. pads. And, but you have to be able to sustain that block, and OBJ does that. I think it says – a lot about OBJ. He gets a lot of flack. People try to say he's not a good teammate in the media and stuff like that. But you have a guy who's considered a star wide receiver and he still goes out there 
and blocks. A lot of times your star wide receivers, they don't want any part of blocking. Well, every receiver is look at me. Yeah. yeah. And it has been that way for forever. Yeah, forever. Every every receiver is is look at me, and that's that's no different. He is just another one on those lists. He, at, at his time with the Giants, you could put him on the list with T.O. and and Ocho Cinco and and Randy Moss, and you know all of those guys are look at me and pay attention to me and and look what I'm doing. And where's the camera? Um, but if you also notice that that now we don't have a new head coach. We don't have a new offensive coordinator. We don't have a new quarterback coach. They're all the same. And, and when is the last time that's been? Never. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Marty, uh, uh, Marty Schottenheimer years? Mm. Oh, so, unless we wanted to keep bringing Hugh Jackson back. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, the year yeah. I was, uh, that was the year I was born. It was 86. Yeah, <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's everybody's the same. So the system is the same. The schemes are the same. The hand signals are the same, but the most important thing is that now we have a great offensive line. You know, when we had Hubbard and Robinson on the corners, I, I do a, a column after every game called Brownies and Frownies, and they were in the Frownies every week. <laughs> <laughs> every week. And, you know, I pay attention to that. I'm not looking at the ball. I'm looking at the play. I'm looking at, at what's going on in the interior of the line until the ball is thrown, then I look at uh, downfield blocking and I look for, you know, moves and stuff, but I'm looking at the line first and seeing where the holes are being made and seeing where the protection is. But they were horrible, absolutely horrible. Well, now we have protection. And when your offensive line is bad, then interceptions go up, incompletions go up, hurries go up, quarterback hits get elevated, Pressures go up, your running game goes down, your running game average goes down, rushing touchdowns go down. All of that is because of a bad offensive line. Well, now Baker has a a good offensive line two years in a row, and now they've got good depth. I don't know when Chris Hubbard's coming back, but they drafted a guy. And Michael Dunn, I think, is going to be an important part. And then they've also got that – rookie that they had last year, Nick Harris. Mm -hmm. So we've got good depth this year, and hopefully we don't have to have somebody like Blake Hant show up and say, you know, pizza delivery, oh yeah, I can play. (laughs) (laughs) But it was impressive that they were able to do that. But um, yeah, love all that, Barry. Let's let's hit you with one more question uh, before we get you out of here today. Um, And it's a big one. I think it's a question that a lot of Browns fans are asking and and we've gotten a lot of people asking us this question and we've talked about it before but let's get your perspective on it so the greedy williams versus greg newsom training camp battle you know is is greg newsom poised to come out of this thing and win that starting job and is greedy even healthy enough to you know really seriously compete for that starting job right right away in camp i think to me this is the battle of training camp Uh, what kind of physical condition will greedy williams be in can he become that high second-round pick he was drafted to be? Has his coverage skills diminished? Has he learned how to tackle? Then there's the rookie Newsom. When you draft a guy in the first round, that player is expected to start sooner than later. And the cornerback position is a, a, a position that a player can actually start in his rookie year. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah. And, mm-hmm. I, and we know that, you know, just from talking to you throughout the uh, draft process and everything, post and, or pre and post, Newsom was kind of your guy. That was one of your dudes that you had pegged for the Browns. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Well, quarterbacks in college did not throw in his direction much his final two years at Northwestern. But that'll change in the NFL unless he, uh, and unless he shows that he can blanket a receiver. He runs a 4.38. So he had that going for him. The only time I ever run a 4.38 is when I hear the song coming down my street from the ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get a lot of balls thrown at him because playing opposite Denzel Ward. And being a rookie. And being a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that 4-2-5 defense will play a lot of players, though. Sometimes that fifth guy will be a cornerback, which will probably be, be, be Troy Hill. 
But some packages, it will be the loser of the greedy versus nuisance competition, or mm-hmm. it could be another safety. So many options this year compared yeah, to last year. Yeah, just is just, yeah, which is just crazy. You know what, you know, our GM Andrew Barry's done with the team, you know, for what the defense was. I know there was a lot of injury, stuff like that, but the guys that we were able to bring in, I mean, it's a whole different team on that side of the ball. It is. And it's just, it's two years straight now. You know, the year before it was, our offensive line was terrible. Barry, you just talked about that. So they went out and just completely fixed it. Last year, our defense sucked. Completely fixed it. Yeah, talking about yeah, fixing the offensive line, it's now the number one rated line in the league by PFF. I'm pretty sure. Yep. So yeah, it is. If uh, you know, if they if they hit the same plan of attack works on the defense, yeah. I mean, look out. Yeah, but I, as far as the greedy versus Newsom, I mean, who, if you had to pick one right now, Barry, that you just project to, to come out on top out of training camp, who do you think it's going to be? Greg Newsom. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what we're thinking too, and I, I don't. Did did you talk about the health of Greedy? Is his shoulder even up to a hundred percent? Probably not, right? It, it's it's a hundred percent, but you know he's been on mothballs for twelve twelve months, and and we'll just have to see. And it it's healed. It's completely healed, okay. and he can do what he wants to now. What? How will he do as far as tackling? How will we do as far as cutting? Will he be gingerly about that? A lot of times that happens when you, I, I have an ankle that ever since the grade school, if I step in a hole or step sideways, I've, I've sprained my ankle and it's susceptible to that. And a lot of times in injury, you'll just think about things differently about how you walk or move. And with a, a shoulder injury like this, is he going to lead with that tackle? There are times that you have to lead with whatever is closest to the player and not think about it. So we're going to find out as far as his tackling. Uh, his, his cover skills have already, always been good, but both of them will play a lot. But if I was to put a starter in a 4-3, I would put Greg. I think he's going to win that competition, but both of them are going to play a lot, and I think we've got more than enough good players to fill all the roles that are needed this year and quality depth. Depth is a big thing this year. I think, you know, if, if Greedy gets hurt, Newsom's there. If Denzel gets hurt, Greedy's there. Um, we got JOK, who's kind of like the ultimate chess piece. There's, you know, we're not going to be playing Robert Jackson and MJ Stewart after one injury this year. So I, I think that's a, that's a huge upgrade on the defense. True that. Absolutely. Well, you ready for an idiom? Yeah, yeah let's, let's do hear it. it. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a football. I have a complete list. I don't know how many is on it, but I've been I've been compiling this list for about I don't know fifteen years, let's say. And so I've got uh, different football idioms, where they came from, who coined it, and why. Today I'm going to give you red zone. Now we know the red zone is the area between the twenty yard line and the goal of the defensive team. So there's a red zone on each end. This was coined by Hall of Fame coach Joe Gibbs in a 1982 Washington Post article when he was head coach of the Washington Redskins. What happened was after the game, he, he was talking to a reporter and he was explaining the ability to consistently score from the red zone as a key element for a team's success in that interview. And at one point, the Washington Post uh, reporter, sports reporter, interrupted him and says, Coach, Coach, you keep talking about red zone. What are you talking about? (laughs) And Gibbs explained that he considers from the 20 to the goal line, he calls that the the red zone. And it's the most important part of the field to defend. I'm not going to – that's super – I just kind of assumed red zone has just been there since the beginning of time. So that's 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 super no. interesting. I had no idea about that. No, nineteen eighty two. That's really not that much older than Justin. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. We're just aging Justin today on the show. <laughs> I, I've been aged myself. That's okay. important. <laughs> yeah. And, so Red right. Zone's not just one of the most fun ways to watch football on Sundays. No. <laughs> well hey nope. Barry somebody made go ahead, somebody go. made it up. Right. That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, thanks for being with us again today. We'll get you out of here. We know you're in high demand. 
today. So uh, we appreciate you being back here with us, and I'm sure we'll have you back on again sometime soon. Absolutely. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your show always. All right. Thanks, Barry. See you later, Barry. Well, thanks again to Barry. Yeah. Uh, coming yeah. on here, helping us out in the law of the offseason. Uh, and Barry, Barry's a great guy. He actually is the guy who sets us up with Brian and Chad. And he, you know, mm-hmm. Barry's just a great guy. So thanks again to him. Uh, always coming on and doing a great job. Yeah. And I was just going to say real quick, his insight about this training camp, you know, these, these headlines that we've been talking about over and over and then kind of getting his perspective was very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, he has, you know, I don't think he has direct access to the Browns, but he definitely has closer access than what we have. So it's nice to kind of get that perspective uh, a little bit closer to the team. Um, well, before we get out of here, you know, I, I kind of wanted to have just a little bit of roundtable discussion, you know, between us amongst okay. the boys. Okay. Um, so Gage <laughs> on the Patreon, we like to get everybody's feedback from there. Uh, he, he, he threw us a bunch of questions for Barry, which we appreciate. I'm pretty sure we use some of them. Uh, this is one I kind of wanted to just toss out between us. He asked, who do we think will have the biggest jump this season? So I thought this was a good question to kind of wrap up the show. Um, because I, I, I was kind of thinking about this, who I was thinking about. Um, but I'll let you guys go. First player that just automatically jumps to my mind when I read this question is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah. yeah. Just, you know, because the, the, one of the questions that we wanted to maybe talk to Barry about today, we didn't have time, but was about the wide receiver three spot. And Rashard Higgins played really great last year whenever he was called upon to step up. But he's also a, is this his fifth year now in the league? I, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. And, you know, he's just never really taken that step to being like a consistent every week like reliable wide receiver too i would say he did last year okay i'm saying but as soon as you get beckham back and and jarvis is out there with him like now now we're all we're already questioning who's wide receiver three we're not saying it's automatically higgins i don't know i just you guys aren't i think it's higgins and it's not gonna be i think the flashes that we saw last year from people's jones he just he looked the part as a rookie which was very encouraging to see so here, here's my thing, little devil's advocate about Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think, you know, that we're talking about this big jump that he's going to make. Are you going to bring up his not having a 100-yard game type of thing? No, no, because, <laughs> no, because I, re- I really like him. And I agree that I think he, he has a chance to be really good. I don't think we're going to see that him have that chance to be really good until Odell and Jarvis are gone. While I think if yeah. everybody's healthy, he's not even going to see the field. While you're looking that up, I read a very interesting article too, because we, I, I, I think that most of us, I know me and Josh are really, really high on Peoples Jones going into this year. You too. I, I, think, I think he's really good. I yeah. just don't think he's going to have the opportunity. Like, Correct. I don't see him putting up big numbers this year because until OBJ got hurt last year, mm-hmm. Higgins was never even on the field. I agree. Yeah. So I don't think DPJ is going to get that much run. And but the thing is that that was a consistent trend with Higgins over the last few years. Is we all, we kitchens. were always saying why why is he not on the field? Yeah, we, he all he does is make big catches, and we were like, yeah. oh, maybe he can't get along with Freddie. You know, Freddie was benching him. The article I read though was. Higgins was a lock for wide receiver three, and they were saying, who do you think is going to get more playing time between Donovan Peoples-Jones and Swartz? And I was mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't even think that was a legitimate question. I well, figured it was just all day Jones. And we're, and we're talking about Peoples-Jones, like how he had such a great rookie year. He had 304 mm-hmm. yards. Yeah, but he didn't, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't statistically. We just got it, was saying, the, it was the big plays, play. the flashes. Right, and you just got done saying, you know, he didn't get on the field because of the Odell Beckham you know, until he got hurt. So, you know, his stats aren't going to be, you know, for all season long, obviously, because he didn't play on the field all season long. But the other thing that I think that why Donovan Peoples-Jones or even a Higgins could be more of a factor, even with Jarvis and Odell, is we really didn't see the Browns start to really pass the ball until midway through the season when they fe- when they realized, hey, we don't got to just run the ball and throw on third down every single drive. Yep. You know, they finally yep. figured out, hey – kind of throw the ball a little bit and then oh now Nick Chubb has got only five guys in the box to get by rather than 10 um so I think that you know that that's going to be interesting you know obviously it's Higgins battle to lose um for that wide receiver third spot but DPJ you know I'm not saying that he can't you know steal that spot uh my biggest guy that I think is going to take the biggest jump um I'm going to go kind of a little bit different I'm going to go defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to go Jordan Elliott um, at defensive tackle. He's the only Browns rookie to play all 16 games last year. 
only ended up having 15 tackles. Um, so a down year, you know, they just did an interview with him cause he's pretty much fighting for a starting job at the defensive tackle position. Um, we know we got Clowney we know we got miles Garrett. We brought in tack McKinley. So we got some guys that are going to be really good that people are going to have to focus on, on the outside. It's going to free up Elliot, you know, to be able to try to disrupt. Now, I don't think he's going to go out there and have eight sacks or anything like that, but be that run stopper, the guy that you know that is getting through the line and just disrupting plays. Um, I think he could be a. I think he's going to play a big role. There, that, you know, uh, Jordan Elliott this year kind of reminds me of who was it um, that we drafted to be the guard of the future, um, and then he didn't work out. Corbett. Oh yeah, Austin so, Corbett. So remember going into the season, we we're like, this is Austin Corbett's job to lose. He's just got to embrace this and really step up. And then he sucked. Yep, he lost it. <laughs> That's what I'm kind of seeing. This is it's prime for Jordan Elliott. It's his spot. It's prime for him to go get it. Now it should just be interesting to see if he can go get it. Um, but I, I think he, I think he's gonna have a good year. I could see it. Totally could see it. He's gonna get a lot of one on one matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot. And he came in uh, thinner, faster. faster. Um, yeah, and he's got a really good group of veteran defensive linemen in that locker room and on the field that help him. Yeah. And he's got, I mean, we brought in Tagai. There's going to be people behind yeah. him pushing him. He can't rest on, exactly. well, there's nobody else here, so it's just my spot. He's going to have to earn that spot. Mm-hmm. So yep. what about you, Justin? So I might surprise you guys here. I might surprise you a lot. I'm going to pick a guy that kind of fell off the second half of the season last year, but I expect to have a huge, huge year. I'm going to say Miles Garrett. I know that that's kind of surprising to say that because he's done a lot, but he kind of disappeared last year after he got COVID. I mean, he's coming off of, you know, the year before he almost killed Mason Rudolph. (laughs) So, you know, I think, I mean, Browns fans love it, but I think the league's kind of forgiven him. He's, you know, I'm expecting him to have a monster, monster year. I mean, I think Clowney is going to, is going to take a lot of pressure off of him. It's an interesting take because, you know, Miles was already really, really good last yes. year. But you're, you know, there's a difference between really, really good and, you know, I think you're kind of expecting defensive player of the year good. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, that's still a big jump because he he might, if he never got COVID, who knows? Yeah, he's he in the conversation. Yeah, in the conversation. I mean, those first, however many games it was, strip sack, every strip game sack, was fumble. a strip sack. It was just, yep. you sit there and you wait, like, when's it going to happen? Yep. It's coming. You knew it was coming. Yep. Yep. COVID wrecked him last year. It did. Year. Yeah. It wrecked quite a few guys, actually. Yeah, so. and he, he, you know, it was his biggest issue coming back from COVID was just being able to stay on the field for lengths of time. I mean, yeah. he'd be out there for one play and then he'd be Gassed. off for the whole next series and he'd because be huffing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, where's miles? And he's over like getting oxygen on the sideline. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see, you know what he's able to do. I like that. I like your take there, Justin. I think I, I would be shocked if he didn't deliver. I think he, especially going into this year, I, I think the quarterback's going to have to hold on to the ball longer. It's not going to be like yeah. the last few yeah. years where we're like, oh. Three-step drop, it's gone. It's gone, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want If I was a quarterback, I don't want to throw it at, towards any of those guys. Yeah. No, There's and that's all the thing playmakers is, you got the, You got the sidelines covered. <laughs> in the middle of the field should be pretty well covered. We've got great coverage linebackers and safeties yeah. in there and now. Speed so. everywhere. Exactly. And playmakers everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Miles Garrett. He's about to eat. <laughs> yeah, he's got superstar potential every mm-hmm. single season. Yeah, um, one of the draft picks the Browns hit a home run on—that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so so I have the guy I've been thinking about ever since I, I typed this up last night, and then while we were talking to Barry, I thought of kind of like a one A. So my one A, I expect Odell to have a big jump. Yeah, I agree. With I you. expect I expect Odell to to have a good year. Um, I think he, hopefully he stays healthy. I think if he stays healthy, it could be. A, a really, really solid year for Odell. You're thinking I, what, like a thousand yards? What's a sol- what's a solid year for Odell in, in the Browns? Correct. Scheme? Yeah. Obviously, he's playing for Kansas City. That might mean fourteen hundred yards. And right. He's not say, getting hundred receptions. I was going to say eleven hundred, eleven hundred to twelve hundred yards. Yeah. Eighty-five to ninety-five catches, eight or nine touchdowns. I like that. Yeah, and honestly, that now that you mentioned that. As far as somebody I think will take a big jump this season, I think Kevin Stefanski will. Because I think last year you saw the run game was pretty much consistent. Like, they, they had that established. I mean, it's easier to establish that, especially if you've got the line in place, you've got the good running backs, all that stuff. 
that passing game from week one to week 17 completely changed. Yeah. It was so much different. So expect to see even more, you know, this season. I don't think the passing game, I don't think we've seen it all yet. I, I completely agree. Yeah, completely agree. And then the, the guy who I had in mind when I was uh, typing up Gage's question for me is on the defensive side of the ball is Phillips. Yeah. Dude, it, I think uh, yeah. I think Phillips is poised to take a big jump in that linebacker spot. And, you know, Barry said he expects him to be a starter. I don't disagree. And I, 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 I just think the kind of defense we want to play, that four two five, and you got to be able to cover. I mean, we're going up against Mark Andrews. Um, we're going against the Steelers just drafted a new tight end. Um, who the Bengals got? For what? Which for tight end? Oh, they've got that Drew Sample and um, – I'll think of it. But I mean, he we, got hurt. There's some guys. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's some guys, you know, we got to be oh, able to protect bro. the middle of that field. And we get, we need a guy who, we talk about JOK going sideline to sideline. We saw glimpses of Phillips doing that last year as a rookie. He was one of the only people on the defense last year that kind of like popped off the, the Dude, Phil- it, I, I, I love Pittsburgh game. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. It literally opening series. I was like, oh, he was everywhere. Yeah. And he was making huge tackles. When, oh. when the Browns drafted last year, I don't think any of us were really high on Phillips. We were kind of disappointed they didn't take Malik Harrison from Ohio yes. State. Uh, you, Blake, Blake was really dis- did really not like Jacob. Yeah, I was so mad. And to watch him throughout that rookie season be the guy who jumped off the screen when you were watching football on Sundays was like, wow, this, okay, maybe we got a guy here. Yeah, especially because I think Harrison's decent. So we need yeah. Phillips, you know, to to step up to make the pain of not taking the Ohio State guy. Yeah. A little better, but no, I was I was super impressed with him, and I think he's poised to make to make take that big jump. Yeah. So there's just a. Was there anything else you guys wanted to throw out there about guys taking a taking I guess, a jump? Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, so if you said ahead, a go jump, go uh, a jump, and you said Kevin Stefanski. Mm-hmm. Hey, wouldn't it be nice to see Joe Woods kind yeah. of not be, on the hot, not be on the hot seat? I, it, that was who I. Yes. As soon as you said him, I'm like, it'd be nice to see him not be on the hot seat and not be criticized. And the thing is, with all that talent, if it's not a delivery, yikes. Yeah, I, I, one other thing that I'm, that I, the one position that I think that I am kind of now, I just saw an article that I'm interested to see is what the Browns are going to do at kicker. That's kind of like the position we don't know <laughs> We about. haven't talked about that. You know, we haven't talked, uh, Cody Parkey wasn't he was good last year from 30 yards and in yes you know so that that's kind of something i know we got uh, i think his name's chase mclaughlin that was with the jets we brought him in to kind of push parky i mean let's just line him up from kicking 50 yarders and see who makes more <laughs> that's the kind of guy i want but that's an interesting position because it's burned us so many times in past in close games where we're like all right well it's fourth and eight. We might as well go for it because our kicker's got a thirty percent chance of making this I, one. I exactly. want a guy with a little bit of a leg because there were so many times last year that Stefanski was put into yeah. making a super tough decision that shouldn't have been a tough decision. You think if it's anything from like fifty five in, Jim Harbaugh's got a tough decision? No, nope. It's no, egg. but Justin uh, Tucker is also that. the top of the league as far as kicking goes correct correct and i'm not saying you know there's there's not like there's a justin tucker under every rock out there but from 50 yards and in nfl players should be able to be i'm not saying they need to be 99 percent, but you should be able to trot them out with confidence yes confidence that's the thing and and i just don't think anything from like 45 out i don't really have confidence in parky I don't want to be sending him out there with a, well, we got a 50-50 shot because if you're doing that, it's probably less than 50-50. I don't want to, like, I think about the Ravens game on Monday night and literally they, yeah. that Tucker went out there and it was like, what, 56? It was a stupid long kick and it was, as soon as you saw him put the helmet on, you're like, oh, it's over. Yep. <laughs> yep. Turn. Yeah. I, I'll watch it just to make sure that this is over, but you know, it's good. I don't feel confident in Parky making that kind of kick, especially let's say to advance in a playoff game or you know, for us to go to the playoffs, I would not feel confident with him taking that kick. I mean, no. what, what there was a game last year. I can't remember when it was when we had Jamie Gillen come yeah. in and kick like the fifty-something yard field goal. It wasn't even like a, a crazy long field goal attempt. It was something. Yeah. It was yeah. like a fifty-one the, yarder or something. Yeah, not that a, that an NFL kicker should be able to make. No, we should go get destroying off Instagram. He can make a fifty-yard field goal. Um, but that's a kind of another guy, you know, the Jamie Gillen, the Scottish uh, hammer, as his name is. Uh, 
not he's like very uh liked by Browns fan I think just because of like his personality his look you know he's this big you know muscular jack punter but his <laughs> stats really were he was actually like I think ranked 24th or 25th in punting last year it's crazy uh, yeah. So we went from having one of the best, one of the best for like a three year stretch, four year stretch. And then we brought this rookie and we thought he was going to be a big thing. And maybe he's a guy that has to take a big jump this year and mm-hmm. do better at pinning teams inside the, tw- inside the 15, stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a guy too, that I like him. Like you say, you know, because I like his persona and everything. He seems like a cool dude, but I wasn't impressed with him in the preseason. And then we we kept him over Colquitt, and I was yeah. like, "Wait, what?" Right. Because well, I think his his look, the look about him, you're thinking, "Man, this guy can probably well, punt it out of the stadium." He can boot it, but then it's like you only saw that every once in a while in the preseason. Then we just went with him because like because he can kick it far sometimes. I just didn't get it. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I just don't want special teams. I hate, yeah, I, I know that everybody talks about like the worst <laughs> special teams are. Yeah. It's a, it's a third of the game and people always say, especially special teams coaches will say it's just as big of a part of the game as offense and defense, it, but it always gets put on the back burner, Yeah, but it, yeah. it kills you if, if you're not good at it. It, it costs you games. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we see like Brown score right, score a touchdown in a close game, and they kick it off, and the opposing team returns it to like the forty yard line? You're like, oh yeah. well, there are two first downs from being in position yep. to score. Or Brown score, and we go for the kick and miss it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Completely by one later. Yeah, it completely changes like you know the possession. That's kind of the thing too, if you think about it, like throughout the course of a football game, I mean, if the defense has a bad series, bad play, they give up touchdown, then now the offense has to come out and kind of make up for that. Mm-hmm. If the offense goes out, throws a pick, fumbles, whatever, now the defense has to go out, make up for it. Correct. You don't want to have to also make up for bad special plays or special teams plays. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they kind of need to hold their own so the other two can kind of balance each other out throughout the course of a yeah. game. Yeah. So real quick, I was just going to say, like, this is our last episode before training camp. Man. Thank God. Next time we sit down, <laughs> next time we sit down to talk, we're going to have a couple, what, a couple practices to to talk about, and knock on you know, no injuries. No, I was yeah, just going to lead into God, that. Like we've been please. talking about depth and and different players and stuff on both sides of the ball today, and I just, man, I'm just praying for no injuries because last year we did a whole episode on all the injuries that we had between one episode and the next. It was nuts. So, yeah, yeah. good, uh, good juju out there, everybody. Just keep. I don't know. Good thoughts for the Browns. Yeah. Right. Oh, seven in the New Jersey's drop today. Yeah. We, yeah. We, oh, we didn't yeah. mention those. I know Josh is going to throw up a picture for everybody. Yeah. To see. yeah. I mean, throw that up. J- uh, Justin's already got one on order, right? I uh, ordered one at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning last night. I was. Uh, It'll I be here a, by the bye week. Yeah. Actually, I'll read this. I was joking around with Blake, and I'm like super excited. I'm like, man, can't wait to rock that. I'm getting ready to go on vacation, so next week is the last episode. I'll be with the dogs. So I'm like, I'm going to rock that. I'm rocking that jersey next week. Not yeah. forever. Not forever. Yeah. Just, if you're just, just, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Justin Charles fan club out there was like, what? <laughs> what? No. <laughs> just, uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll rock that out next week. And I said, ooh, when is it coming? And I read it live to Blake. I said, this item is expected to be delivered by Wednesday, September 8th. Hey, NFLshop.com, what are we doing? <laughs> I'm not even going to get to wear that thing to anything. I'm going to miss some preseason games and I'm not even going to wear that thing. So, right. You know, that's funny. I saw, I saw a thing today and it said for as bad as the Browns screwed up the new jerseys in 2015. Okay. They completely made up for it last year. And now this year. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. I love our jerseys right now. Yeah. Yes. I think the new ones, they just are sick, but like the, 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 how we kind of went old school last year, but they kind of mm-hmm. have a new feel. Mm-hmm. And we did a whole episode on jerseys. <laughs> the first, episode. our first ever first episode ever. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we got the blanket sitting behind Josh. Not, I wasn't a big fan of those ones. Yeah. I, I was really hoping too, with the white jerseys that they were going to go all white helmet. I know. Yeah. Brown that fans so nice. I kind of just nice fainted and, you know, I'm sure people are uh, really mad at me because, you know, Got to keep those all white, you know, all orange. But I, those white, all whites. Would yeah, have been. the NFL is getting so. The NFL was very strict on what your uniform had to be, and yeah. they're starting to kind of loosen up. You know, now you can have 
different numbers at different Correct. positions. Now you can have different, an all, you, yeah, all, yeah, a helmet. Yeah. Which did you see the for the Browns the seventy fifth the helmet? Yeah, yeah it's it got like the gray face mask and the white straight, straight one with single the number. Yeah, yes, yeah. So, so they're starting to loosen up a little bit on the rules of Correct. the uniform. So in the next coming years, it could get really you know you, twenty twenty five years from now they might be able to wear different color cleats right. Ooh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and not get fined for it. Yeah, and have your socks all the way up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The no fun league. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, well, hey, we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up before we ramble too long. Uh, like he said, this is the last episode before we got some training camp. So thank you to everybody who's stuck with us all boring off season. Thanks to all the guests we've had on the show to help us yeah. pass the time. Um, it wasn't super easy to come up with content all the time, but you guys stuck with us throughout the whole off season, so we appreciate it. No, and let's play some fantasy football. Yeah. yeah, it's about Sheesh. that time. Yeah, yeah. never getting there. Can't wait. So, uh, thanks for checking out another episode of the Dogs. Big thank you to Barry Shuck from Dogs by Nature for being with us today. Make sure you head to dogsbynature.com to catch up on all of Barry's articles. They're all really good. Uh, remember to head to jointhedogs.com to become a Patreon member and play some fantasy football with us this season. Uh, it'd be really cool to get at least one good 12 team league going. Uh, you know, if we get more in that, we'll do more in one league. Uh, for everyone who's a Patreon member, we'll see you over on the Dogs After Hours. Uh, to everyone else, hope you guys have a good week. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Dogs Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at The Dogs Podcast and become an official Dog Pack member at jointhedogs.com. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.